0: Hi friends, I'm Adrian Fowle
1: and I'm John file Welcome
0: to the Love the Process
1: podcast. We've been married 16 years, 15 good ones, and we have four awesome kids.
0: My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development.
1: And I've been an entrepreneur since I was four and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and corporate training team.
0: We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, figuring out the love process. Let's go. Hey friends, we are so glad you're here. We're back from summer break break and starting our new series. And we are so excited to have a guest with us today. We have Clark Roberts. And I want to tell you a little something about Clark. Clark does not have vision the way that we normally do. And that has created a beautiful story that God has gifted him with and I want to hear a little bit about that and that's what we're going to talk about today and we are just feeling very blessed and grateful to have Clark with us today, Clark, you want to give us a little info about who you are and what you love,
2: uh, who I am and what I love, well, my name is Clark Roberts executive director of a nonprofit called ultimate vision where through my God-given gift of sight loss, I get to give clear vision to create future leaders to see their potential through a lens of kindness, compassion, and empathy. I'm married, have two incredible kids, two beautiful granddaughters, love to be outdoors, love adventure. Uh, and, Avid tandem cyclist, snow skier, water skier, don't let things really get in front of me and you know stop me from going out and having adventure in life and, and having a fun-filled, exciting life. Cool.
0: That's so beautiful. Uh, okay, so Clark was actually um one of our students. So he was in One Mission Mindset last
1: April. Spring, last April. Yeah.
0: And so he got to go through that with John and Jeff.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, one this mindset yeah Own-ish mindset. yeah, yeah. T- fun. tell us yeah tell us tell yeah tell our listeners a little bit about that journey and ah. the, the journey you're on now i love the kindness compassion empathy tell i mean clark is very wise my goal today <laughs> my goal is to extract as much uh, of clark's wisdom as i can he was a, a they were a joy to have uh go through one mission mindset um curriculum, but I really would love to hear you know, what you've been up to since and, and what maybe wow. that journey was like for you as well. Well, one what, what, what of my big key
2: takeaways that I took out of one mission mindset was writing down or the value of writing down gratitudes of each day. I am a very grateful, thankful Individual and as Carrie and I were, uh, my wife were driving driving here today. She goes, she says, you know, part of part of gratitude or part of your gratitudes are what she and I call, how good is God? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that that we have done ever since we. I don't think we might even started before actually just before we got married god would do something we'd call each other up and go how can this god click <laughs> Or send each or send each other a text and the other person would have to call and find out okay what does god do now what has he done you know because all these things would happen that we weren't expecting might be little things mm. might be big things but i mean they are part of those things that we're grateful for mm. but the one thing that i struggled with going through a one-mission mindset was why or what is the value for an individual for me as somebody who can't see to write these down because part of what you guys stress in, in the gratitudes and the MITs is the fact of being able to each day look at them and read them and I'm like going But one day during, during the course, I just figured, you know what, I'm going to start this and just see what happens. Oh, well. And so from that day, about the end of April till today, mm. I've been consistent. I mean, yes, there have been some days that I have missed, oh. but I pick it back up as soon as I remember going, oh practice. Gotta go do that. My, now my MIT's not so consistent especially with writing them down. Mm-hmm. I, I, I struggle with my task list but it, when I notice that when I do write them down and go back and have a chance to look at them as far as what has been accomplished, I'm like going wow,
1: boom. Hmm.
2: What a, what a great sense of, of accomplishment to see
1: what actually has gotten, gotten taken care of. You know how many um, Warren Buffett writes down a month? No. Three. Really? He has three on his MIT list a month. That just means that you, you're an executive. At the highest level clark that's a, that's all that means if you're not doing it every day the ones you do right now though you just described it to me the ones you do write down though you look back and go wow and so um MIT for those who have not been through semester or um, read you know the seven daily disciplines it stands for most important tasks and it's a daily activity of, of you know organizing your energy towards the things that matter most to you, right. uh, three to seven, typically uh, for an average uh, people will put down. But like I just said, you know, to high and and you know, don't be clear. Bill Gates has got three to seven every day. He's more linear uh, and got him down. So it's not like you know. But Warren Buffett three a month, and and uh, you know, I'm always wondering how do I get to be one of those three? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I got, I got Johnny. He, he <laughs> lunch with Johnny, you know, on Warren's Warren's uh, three appointments a month. So, uh, but so my point being that uh, if 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 you do uh, get a chance, the ebook is the easiest way. And I think it's free to sign up for the newsletter. You can get the ebook that uh, seven daily disciplines. You learn about MITs, but that's awesome. Gratitude is one of the MITs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or one of the seven daily disciplines in MIT is one of those as well. So thanks for sharing. And Absolutely. How good is God? So give us a, you know, I, right before we started this podcast, uh, three deer were just right off the back lawn. Walking across the walking yard. Walking across the yard. Um, And and I was thinking, there's been a lot of times in my life where a deer shows up mm-hmm. and, and something cool or or purposeful and intentional is 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 happening or about to happen so i'm excited for this podcast on on that basis and and that's how good god is to go hey just want to let you know i knew you guys were going to be doing this podcast today i knew clark was coming (laughs) over to the garage i knew you guys were going to have a nice cup of coffee together and you're going to talk about kindness compassion and empathy and and I, i need all three of those uh, in abundance uh, in this day and age. And and I I think a lot of our listeners um, do as well. You know, my kids, our kids have just gone back to school. Right. And uh, one of them is now at sixth grade and I have a curriculum. um, seventh Sorry, seventh grade uh, called LTP. Thank you. Called (laughs) LTP Academy, um, which we're starting uh, with middle school kids and and one mm. of my core ideas virtues is is be kind. Right. You know, and, and right. I've actually said like when our kids are are 18, there's like four or five things that I want them to to know how to do. Mm. One is to learn to learn. Right. Okay. One is to be able to speak effectively. Yep. Be able to advocate effectively yep. for solutions yep. and ideas that they come across. But another one is be kind. So I would love for you to expand on, you know, your your mission of bringing kindness uh, to the world. Kindness. Sometimes
2: kindness is is just you know, understanding and and being grateful for the individual that that you're there with, or it might be somebody that you know for for whatever reason opens the door for you mm. not because you need to but they say you know what hey let me get that for you you've got your hands full let me let me let me open the door for you mm. kindness at times is you know you're standing in your your in the line of your favorite coffee shop wherever that coffee shop is and you by the time you get up to order your coffee and you're asking how much do I and they go don't worry about it Guy in front of you got it you're like mm. well, what you know, little things. I mean, it's, it's it's not always about the big things in life. It's those little things that you're just kind of like going, wow, you just made my day because somebody, somebody took time oh. to express themselves in a tangible way that you're like going, wow. And the fact of, you know, going back to the the how good is God? Sometimes those things—I mean, they're—they're just—they're just little things, but it's—it's it's little enough that it—that it's—that it means something and it's has value. And you're like going, "I wasn't expecting that to happen today." Yeah. But it happened, and now—and now you're going, "Whoa!" Yeah. Whoa! But you know, God is God is always there doing little things. I mean, you—you you basically say, you know, three deer. Yeah three incredible deer walking across your back lawn and they're like saying you know what hey guys we live here too and and take note you know I'm just kind of like sharing a little bit of goodness for you in this particular day but it's also sometimes it's about taking time yeah take time to enjoy what I've given you, you don't be in such a hurry mm. that life just passes by or passes through your fingers
1: mm. Mm. so you know one of the things I teach the kids or try to teach the kids uh is the idea that you just kind of described is what do you do for people who can do nothing for you what do you do for people who can do nothing for you basically this um so often though you know the the thought process for people is, um, I'm gonna t- treat people differently based on the perceived capability they may have to provide me with something, right? Mm-hmm. And kindness, I I think you just described as well, uh, is a, to me a quality of, of providing for everybody uh, a goodness regardless of what they look like regardless oh, yes. of where they come from regardless of what they who they voted for which is a tough one probably for a lot of people <laughs> listening right now uh it has become so divided and so um it, it's just become so polarized and so um yeah. what if what if what if yeah what if that's uh yeah we all voted for kindness you know yeah. it, it, it's
2: sometimes it's a fact you know like you're saying you know. Getting to know the individual just because you want to get to know the individual, not because of their status or yeah. or what they have or whatnot. You know, I'm an individual who loves to be outdoors. I love to water ski. You know, it's like going, well, oh, I'm sorry, you have a boat. So I'm gonna get to know you because, you know, maybe you'll take me out water skiing. <laughs> it's ah of just getting to know the individual because you want to get to know the individual Mm -hmm. and to spend time with that individual not because of what they have or maybe as far as what where they can get you to Mm. yeah Uh,
0: yeah i think also like remembering that it's not it's not all about us
2: oh absolutely
0: (laughs) malibu was our one of our daughters was cleaning the bathroom the other day And she was frustrated that she had to clean the bathroom because her sisters weren't there. And so she's like, well, we all share the bathroom. Why do I have to clean it? And so we were having conversations around, like, how do we switch that around? Instead of thinking about the fact, like, that's being selfish and thinking only about yourself. Instead think about this beautiful gift that you get to give your sisters when they get home from school, they get to have a clean bathroom because of the hard work that you put in. She's like, well, what if they don't even notice? And I'm like, what if they don't? And what if they don't? They might not. And they probably won't, (laughs) they probably won't notice. But that even just that Mm. comment and thought is another like introspective, selfish, sort of like all about you thought, how do we instead shift it to say, well, is this an act of Christ that I can give to to my sisters and that I can provide this gift? And even if they don't notice, you still get to know that you did something for somebody else.
2: Absolutely. And Absolutely. It,
0: I for me, and when I do stuff for other people, it right away like gets me out of myself, reminds me that it's not all about me and that whatever my problems are that I was worried about become like less important and it
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Power also, it, it, it's yeah. it's the whole aspect of, you know, allowing yourself to bless somebody else. Mm. You know, if somebody needs a mm-hmm. blessing, or or you think that somebody needs something, you know, and you ask, and they say no. It's like going, you have you have you've taken that opportunity away from them to be a blessing to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. allow, uh, be 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 able to, you know, when somebody asks to be able to receive
1: what it is that they're giving to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, this is a somewhat of a tangent on that idea. I'm going to take two tangents. One is the easy one is power perspective, right? Okay. Is this idea of the of power perspective and the ability to look at it from whatever angle I want, you know, when it, regardless of what the activity is. But the second one is you just talked about it as well is this ability to to provide a leveling up for somebody else and that I don't lose something in the process or vice versa. I think right now, this is my theory, that we're in a, we're in a net sum zero way of thinking, meaning um, equality, for example, okay. versus empowerment as an idea. Empowerment is like, I can build a house, you can build a house. Let's build houses. And equality is like, you got a house, I want your house. Because, or I want you to give me half of your house, and then we got an equal, an equal game, right? So that's okay. sum zero. Versus the empowerment idea that is um, that there can be an abundance from. Um, and I've seen this in in the same island. And I've been to Haiti, and I've been to the Dominican Republic, separated by like one you know border down the middle of the island. And the mindset is different in these two countries, and the result is different. In these two countries and so how do we how do we teach how do i teach my kids you work with kids a lot speak in schools yeah. all the time yeah. and and uh you know sure that's going to be kicking up for you this fall but uh how do you teach that idea the idea of empowerment that that, that if i look at it from this perspective from just adding good to the world will be will we'll actually benefit me like it what's crazy is it actually <laughs> works that way yeah it actually benefits you both from a health perspective yeah. from a stress perspective from a longevity perspective from a material perspective like it actually long run benefits you um if you can if you can understand that concept yeah how do you teach that i think it's i think it's by making
2: opportunities available to 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 kids and to people and like adrian was saying a little bit ago it's, it's the fact of not looking at it as just what is it doing for me you know not being selfish but being willing to to share who you are what you are and what you have to give to others and allowing those individuals to see what it is that you're doing and giving them opportunities i mean it's like like working with kids kids in the school kids basically Look at look at somebody that's maybe have a little bit of a challenge. They're like going, what can I do or can I do? You know, and and in some some schools now in the elementary schools, they have what's known as a buddy bench. Somebody might might not have any friends, but if they see somebody sitting on the buddy bench, it's the fact of going, okay, I can go over and be his friend for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe just, you know, maybe just talk to it or invite him to come sit with me for for lunch. But it's the fact of being willing to step outside of who you are and give a little bit of yourself to somebody else so that they have an opportunity to uh, know that they're valued, they're worthy, and that you can share with others. I mean, so much of society today is all about me <laughs> all about me what I have or what I can get but the fact of looking at it going okay I've got this what if I share this with those people over there not because of what they have or what I'm going to get from them but just because I want to share with them
1: yeah <laughs> you know funny so I just heard this joke on that me uh <laughs> in a shack at, at uh Kobe's funeral. And uh, he said, you know, Phil Jackson came up to me said, Kobe, all these guys are complaining because Kobe won't pass him the ball, not pass him the ball. And uh, he said, uh, so I look at Kobe, I'm like, hey, these guys, he's like, man, they need to be working harder or whatever. Da, da, da. And he goes, uh, he goes, hey, you he go, there's, there's no, uh, there's no I in team Kobe. And Kobe said, I know Shaq, he goes, but there's an ME in that son of the gun. <laughs> And, and so like we we will find ways even, you know, to uh we'll find ways, you know, to rationalize, I guess, and and uh long live Kobe Bryant, but you know, um R I P Kobe Bryant. But at the end of the day, um it's very challenging. And here's what I'm driving at. It's challenging in a competitive environment. It's it, it, in and 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 so United States of America, these kids are going to grow up. My kids are going to grow up into a globally competitive marketplace right. and, and they are. And, and I'm not naive to that fact. And, and I want them to be prepared uh, yeah. to compete, but I want them to compete in a way that you, you, you're you describing, like compete in a way where they understand that um, they can add value right. to people and and bring them up level them up we talk about that a lot in our companies level up level how, how do we help people level up like if they're here help them get to here and and everybody's on a different spot you know and so you talk about the buddy bench it makes me think of these cement benches we had at crystal springs elementary school and when i was on the buddy bench it was not because i was looking for a friend it was because i'd gotten in trouble so so we had. And that's what i think of when i think about the buddy bench but 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 what a great metaphor potentially for us all to look at like when somebody's at a party mm-hmm. and they're by themselves mm-hmm. your wife does a great job of this by the way <laughs> she's sitting over here she does carry does it does just a just a fantastic job of looking for somebody who who and engaging in them and and making them feel special and loved and important you know and and so uh, um well i think
0: in order to do that you have to notice them first and acknowledge that like you have to notice them you have to look outside yourself and you have to see that there's somebody that's doing something different you know one of our one of our kids does cartwheels all the time just consistently doing cartwheels and sometimes she forgets to pay attention to what's going on around her in order to be able to like know that she's about to run into something and hurt herself because she's not paying attention to anything else other than the fact that she wants to do a cartwheel in that moment and so how do we you know <laughs> how do you teach that that to pay attention to stuff other than yourself
1: mm. yeah then that's the, the opportunity so i like the buddy bench um but creating opportunities right. right and 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 then noticing um you know and then this idea of compassion and empathy I mean, how would you? These are three sisters in a lot of ways: kindness, compassion, empathy. Right. Uh, If I was to look on the scale, you know, just judge myself on a one to (laughs) ten. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm like a I'm I'm decent on kindness and I'm decent on compassion and and uh, empathy. I'm not as good. I'm not. uh, I'm not as good on empathy. What would you say, Adrian? Where's your?
0: You mean for you?
1: Yeah. Nobody cares
0: work harder. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, we got you know. I'm just <laughs> on the trail with Derek. Nobody cares. Work harder. I mean, it, excuses are the refuge of cowards. and building blocks to a house of failure, right? Like, 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 don't talk about it. Be about it. Like, you know. So, like, I, here's my thing: is you've got to marry. And I want to hear how you how you integrate this concept mm-hmm. because you have to marry theory and practice in some way, shape, or form, right? You could be heavy on practice. And be a total, we have a DBAT policy in most of. the room. Companies too. You know what DBAT stands for? No. Don't be a D. D, okay? <laughs> be a D. Dummy. You can say, we say something else. You can say, but don't, don't do that. And I violated the policy. It's been violated, but we really try to not. That's our barrier for entry. is just, just to, to, to refrain from right. being a jerk. Um, but that's as far as we can go. But at the same time, like my point is to say, like there's actions that got mm-hmm. taken mm-hmm. in order to tend to the garden, whatever that is for you, right, right? and whatever that is for the kid, whatever lane they're going to run in, mm-hmm. um, along with this ability to really understand, you know, where others are coming from, et cetera. Well, I think I think when you come back to
2: to empathy it's trying to understand people in today's society and, and even going back i mean but yes in today's society people are uncomfortable being with somebody who is different i mean and and how do, how do you get comfortable by having opportunity to be in and around them mm. Sometimes you know, take take an individual that doesn't have any legs or lives their life in a wheelchair because of whatever happened. Yeah. People people are uncomfortable, uncomfortable with them. How do you get comfortable? By providing opportunities to interact with them and finding out real quickly that that individual is really no different than anybody else huh. the only thing that is different is that, well for me i've got broken eyes my eyes don't work physically but the rest of me does the rest you know and i am a living breathing human being that wants to go out and interact and enjoy and enjoy life but at some there are sometimes that people go uh well you're blind and you can't do that or, you know, this individual only has one leg. My very good friend, Barry, who lives, you know, lives in a wheelchair. First time I met him, we're at, we're at a meeting at uh, SeaTac Airport, sitting at desks. I didn't realize that he was in a chair, but it didn't matter. Once I finally met him, it didn't matter. Right. One of the other guys, Hugh, it didn't matter that he only had, that he was a Single amputee from just above the knee. Didn't matter. right? And, and probably one of the greatest questions that a fourth grader asked me several year, years ago in a presentation, Q&A time, she says, Clark or Mr. Roberts, she says, is there anything good that's come out of you being blind? And I'm like, oh, whoa, where'd that question come from? <laughs> and after thinking for a minute, I go, yeah. When I meet people, Meet individuals, wherever it is. I don't do the self-check, self-judgment going, you're too tall, you're too short, you've got crooked Mm -hmm. ears, you've got green hair. What is the fact of going? There's an individual inside each each person that a lot of times people never, ever take the time to get to meet or to understand or to know because they
1: do the self-judgment, self-check,
2: no, don't want to.
1: Yeah. So, can you speak to because you haven't been blind your whole life, right? Correct. And Correct. so, I'm curious to hear what gains, you know, uh, as you talked about on the very front end, that, <laughs> that the gift you called it, yep. you know, what gains did you see from uh, or experience? No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you experience um, by you know losing sight? Like mm-hmm. like like, what are you more attuned to? Because that's what I just like you talk about. Like Russell Wilson, he would not be as good as he is if he was six foot two. I just don't believe he would. Right. I believe he's as good as he is because he was five foot eleven. <sighs> Michael Jordan, the hot, tallest person in his family, was like five ten. He likes to say the mailman was, you know, <laughs> six, seven. But, so, like, like, he just like, willed himself like to be that He was goofy tall, right? And so, like, it was like, well, what are you going to do? Well, play basketball. And then they caught him, and then he really got a chip on his shoulder. But, like, so what, you know, for you, Clark, I'm curious to hear, like, the, the progression, yeah, of, of the things that you really got sharper at mm-hmm. with all the things that God has given you. Well, you know, I I I, you know first first of all, I come back to the fact
2: of taking time to really truly meet people. That's one of the things that I've picked up on and do since the fact of not being able to see. Listening. I will be accused and I plead guilty (laughs) of being being out in public. And listening to conversations that I might or shouldn't be listening to, but I found out some great things. So you're a people <laughs> listener. I am a people listener. I'm a people watcher. I'm a am people, am a people listener, listener a little bit. People, I, <laughs> I love people, people, listening.
1: people listening.
2: I mean, you can be sitting at a restaurant and you're going, "Oh,
1: <laughs> we were
2: we were just over. That's at, awesome. We were just over in Cordillera with Carrie's family, and." I'm outside of her parents' house, and her cousins are there, and there's there's people on both sides of me, and I'm kind of sitting in the middle, and there's two conversations going this way, back and forth, and I'm like going, okay, so which one do I really pay attention to? Because that conversation <laughs> over there is great. This one over here, I'm picking up some things over here, and I'm like, well, I'll keep going. I'll, I'll kind of process all that. <laughs> One of the the things that that also I do that blew my wife away on our very first date, we're walking out of a grocery store, picking up some coffee to go back to my apartment, and Carrie, my wife, mentioned something about her birthday. She says, what are you doing? Oh, I'm cataloging. I'm putting that information over in my memory bank because it might be beneficial for me someday. (laughs) My wife... If they're seeing things that she needs to know, she going. You remember that? I go yeah. It's or real she'll real ask real. me about yeah. somebody's phone number or address or or this and that because it's stored away in my memory bank. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a friend of mine years ago, he goes, he says, Clark, he says, there's parts of your brain that function that I don't know that I even know how to get into. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, so just all of that. But I mean, one of the other things that I that I really pay attention to is how things look, even though I can't see them. Mm. Um, and there are times that that gets me in, in what I call sneaker waves. There'll be these emotional aspects that hit me and people in my wife, and my family will start to see it because I start getting very, very emotional over it. Mm-hmm. But it, because it's from the fact of not being able to visually see something, but then having it verbally described to me so that I can appreciate it and still be in that moment mm-hmm. and still be there. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that still hit home as far as like, Pictures and, and those types of things, but it's the whole aspect of don't just you know I don't go there, but I get hit with these 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 emotional uh, sneaker waves that, that kind of take me there. But it's like when they happen, not being taken clear out to the deepest
1: end of the lake, and not being able to get back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you describe some friends that oh, on on your journey who. Uh, I mean, and I think we've all got certain things that, that work better than others. Like your friend talks about with his brain, uh, I'm self-diagnosed with a d d d d d d b, and 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 squirrels uh, can get me caught off in various things, um, amongst others. But like, is there a value? So there's a huge value in what you described: learning from each other uh, mm-hmm. in our differences and celebrating our differences and becoming comfortable you know, with being uncomfortable, um, not yeah. knowing exactly what, you know, somebody, where somebody's coming from, etc. Right. Right. Um, I really learned a lot this Christmas. I was a Zoom Santa for kids with autism and I could have done it all day. And, yeah. and so like I'm wearing a Santa suit, come to find out I'd had had COVID. COVID. Good thing we were going via Zoom. Gosh, come to (laughs) (laughs) find (laughs) out, and I am just like, (laughs) (laughs) anyway. And so, (laughs) teams quickly followed. But it was so fun to learn and engage with these kids. Who, you know, I'm coming from the North Pole. Boom, via Zoom, and man, they're jacked and showing me stuff and excited in various stages. And then I, I went down this learning uh, about autism you know they they have that dating on the spectrum on on Netflix mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen that and so I started watching that show um and I think that was awesome I also see those that thrive sometimes regardless of what the difficulty is if if your difficulty is um you have an addiction you had to overcome if you have some sort of uh difficulty in your past childhood trauma maybe you fought in a war and and you have PTSD from, from overseas fighting is that when you get people with similar, that similar circumstantial things that they, that they either, you know, went through and, and grew through, but, but, you know, in some ways overcame, right. Right. I see you as an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. You know, I was a war of the court when I was young, you know, dad left very young. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, guys like me don't end up in places like these. On average, right? Right. Um, it's just statistically, I feel like an overcomer. But I'll tell you what, the fatherless man—they, those kids come to me, and it's like they just—they just come to me without even like instinctually. Kids that kids that have dad issues, like a good kid comes up to me, I like almost know, That dad's out of the picture, right? Or or something happened, and I don't know why. But it's, would you say that that is true for for um, the community of folks who lack sight? Um, my mom has mental illness. You know, they have NAMI. Uh, it's a community for mental illness, um, and she finds value in it. There's obviously a, tons of 12-step programs for various things that people overcome, you know, support groups, um, marriage groups, divorce groups, you know, etc. Like, do you find value in that side as well? Because I think there's a huge value in, in understanding distances, but I, I just think in the compassion right Mm -hmm. like when when you've been so to have compassion is the second the third word on our list we started with like to have compassion like it's like man i know where you've been i i've been where you've been and i got out of the hole and here's how like and and uh, to reach down or reach go down in the hole and help them climb out right well, and, that, and, and, and interestingly
2: enough, to t- as far as touching on that, John, I mean, that's one of the things through our nonprofit that we're trying to do more of is mm. being able to come alongside of those who have, or, you know, in that process of losing their sight or have lost their sight and uh, don't know how to continue being fulfilled and living 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 out their life. I mean... One of my dear friends that I met him when he was losing his sight, he was about 50 years old, married, two kids, and thought he was never going to work again. And a good friend of his said, Kimball, go find at least one or two individuals that are blind and living out a very fulfilled, productive life. Go find them and go pick their brains, figure it all out. Kimball found me through a, a newspaper article. And he calls me up one day, it's about 10.30 in the morning. He says, is this Clark Roberts out of, out of the newspaper? I says, yeah. He says, can I come talk to you? I says, yeah. Thinking it's gonna be you know, down the road or whatnot. he goes, how about today at one o'clock? <laughs> I'm like <laughs> a going, man of action. I'm like going, okay. He showed up at my house at 1 o'clock. And I, you know, we probably had about a three-hour conversation. One of the very first things that I told him that he needed to do, he had driven himself from Issaquah to my apartment in North Seattle. The guy's starting to lose his sight because of cataracts. I said, Kimball, here's the first thing you need to do. It's going to be probably one of the hard things. You get yourself home and you hang those keys up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the thing is, he and I still have a incredible relationship, and not just with he and his wife, but with his two daughters mm-hmm. and their families. And because I took time to build a relationship and to help him to understand what it was and how that he could continue moving forward and still be productive and still enjoy life. And he went on to continue doing what he had been doing before he started to lose his sight and had a very fulfilled, exciting six figure income. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's it's wanting to to come alongside of people. And yeah, I don't, I have broken eyes, but teaching people or showing people and helping them understand that just because certain things happen in your life, life doesn't stop you can let it stop if you want it to but it doesn't stop you know mm-hmm. and, and and working hard to try to understand to help them to understand what can i do to make it possible so
1: that i can still go do what it is i want to go do mm-hmm. Clark that's awesome i would love i mean i i just love what Everything you're saying there and everything that you stand for in, in your work. I'd love to hear a little bit about the genesis of ultimate vision. Um, I know you know when you talk about kindness, um, this idea of instilling confidence in a child, that each have amazing gifts, I'm just reading from from what you guys did, talents and abilities to build on those strengths, to help them identify that confidence and those gifts and drive that knowledge from their heads to their hearts that our difference makes us stronger and more efficient to create a life of significance not only in our lives but in the lives of others especially when we share our story and so what you're leaning into there to me is is vulnerability and so when you started right right this idea of being willing to be vulnerable with your time you talked about with your talent whatever your gift is mm-hmm. uh, and and you know even your resources like there's this vulnerability to do that and so what was the point where you you went out on a limb I, I know uh, we started a non a nonprofit start this last year uh, I've uh, serve on multiple nonprofit boards. I've been involved with nonprofits. I, you know, somewhat ironically, my wife's grandpa uh, was a charter member of the North Everett Lions Club okay. in the '50s, and and their core, you know, things mm-hmm. are sight and hearing, mm-hmm. sight and hearing, and their idea is we serve. Yeah. Their core, yeah. their core, right? You know, so they, so who we are is we serve, right? You know, what do we do? uh sight and hearing, how do we do it a variety of different ways? Right. Uh, that's that's the North Ever Alliance Club. But so with Ultimate Vision, kind of give us the the vision for ultimate vision and how that came about because that takes a lot of courage to start well, well, profit. As far as as far as ultimate vision
2: Ultimate Vision got started as far as the whole, the, the first, the first, the first leg or the first piece of the triangle that, that we do is motivational speaking. I got started speaking in about 1990 when a friend of my sister's walked up to me one day as I'm walking through the, the lobby of the church and says, Clark says you know I am a speech and drama teacher at the local high school I said yeah Laura, I know that he says would you be interested in coming and, and talking to my speech and drama kids about living the life living life without one of the sentences I says, sure I can do that well let's make it happen went in and did that he says you want to come back next semester and do it again I said sure did that As that was closing up, he says, says, Clark, he says, how about next year, next fall? He says, and I think I can even pay some. I'm like, hey, I like this. (laughs) I get to come talk about something that I like to, or you know, know some things about. And you're going to put some dollars in my jeans? Cool. (laughs) And it wasn't very long after that that my phone starts ringing. And I got other schools calling me. And a cousin of mine living down in the San Francisco Bay area at the time, she goes, she says, Clark, she says, I think you're backing yourself into a speaking business. Mm. And she says, you know, and, and furthermore, did you know that speakers who travel the country, they get paid to go do that? I says, no, didn't know that, Sherry. <laughs> and I, because I didn't. yeah. And so I spoke you know, mostly in schools, youth groups, which I still do I still love. I love to talk to middle school and high school kids. That's my sweet spot. Mm. Uh, Mainly because middle school and high school for me was not a whole lot of fun. I was a person that was bullied, picked on and all that. And I'm like, well, you know, if I can go back and make life a little bit easier for people, that's what I wanna go do. In the fact of going and, and, and doing that and sharing my life. I had I had a, a girl in a, in a volleyball uh, camp back in June go, says, you know, I don't have a question for you, Mr. Roberts, but she says, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to you for being vulnerable enough to come share your life and to share your story so that we know that just when, when things get difficult and things get hard to not throw it all away. Mm. And I go, yeah, that's what it's all about. It's it's being able to share my life, my story, Mm. so that people don't feel like that it's worth throwing away. I was there. I thought about it because all I knew at the time, John, about blindness and blind people was that they got to exist. And I'm thinking that existence is all that I get and got that's left in life. I'm done. Mm. Check out. Mm. But I mean, because Mm. of the strength and the love of God, I can go do a lot of things, a Mm. lot of things. And I have had kindness shown to me that I can go do things. And because of being shown that kindness, it's given me the confidence to know that I can go forward. Mm. So in about 2017, we thought that we had a nonprofit in place but found out after our, my CPA had passed away that some things had elapsed. And so we had to go back and re, redo everything. Uh, and Carrie, Carrie left corporate America. My wife left corporate America to come join me to share this vision and to share what it is. And now we even go down into the littler school, littler people. Oh. We basically start working with kids when they're in preschool. Mm. And to work all the way up to high school. Mm. So, it's, so motivational speaking. Motivational speaking. Yeah. We also we also do. Uh, we run a podcast. Both my wife and I are authors. Uh, we like to, you know, share share that. We share stories uh, as far as with people have con- real conversations with uh, sharing about life. Marriage, adversity, mm. and helping people to see their vision because of not being able to see vision. Mm. Mm. But it's 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 you know doing motivation, then it's educational education in the in the schools, whether from preschool all the way up to high school, and then it's inspirational, being out in society, letting people see that life exists. Like I said earlier at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I'm an avid tandem cyclist. I have ridden the STP 10 times. That's from Seattle to Portland. It's 206 miles. That's awesome. Uh, I've had people, because of looking at the back of my jersey that says blind cyclist, come up to me and go, you know what? I've been watching you for the last two days. Can I get my picture with you? Mm. Or here's another story. We had, the the last time that I rode STP in 2019, there was a guy at the start line, looks over and sees the back of my jersey and goes, no way, guy that's blind, out here riding STP? Mm." Dustin is now a very, very good friend that we interacted with him many times during those two days uh because of certain things that happen. But it's a fact of being out living life. Well, you know, we've even we've been out on the streets when kids from from presentations come up, mom, mom, there he is, there he is, the guy with the dog that I told you about in our school. And then they come up because they now know the, the rules of the etiquette as far as how a working gang dog works. go, Mom, you have to ask first. Don't just go Let it, You have to ask first. You know, so it's it's about living life. But I mean, yeah, we put it. We put our nonprofit together. Uh, we have a board. We you know we're uh, putting on our very first in person gala in October, uh, raising <clears throat> raising funds so that we can continue going out and teaching uh, people that that life doesn't stop just because challenges come.
1: Where's that gonna be? I gotta get that on my calendar. Right? That's
2: happening on October 16th at the Hilton Garden Inn in Issaquah. Awesome,
1: yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you're give me so so, two, so really 1990. So three three plus decades of speaking. Give the flyby of the one of the I've heard a lot of speeches. I've heard a lot of talks. I've given a couple. I've <sighs> I've seen a lot. Of great messages, your message on thrive, transforming the TNK. It was awesome. I mean, I, I still, I still remember. There was you could, you could hear you a know, pin drop, you know. And and it's, it's interesting because in this day and age, uh, you know, I'm on a Zoom call or I'm in a meeting or I'm at a meeting. I'm down. You know, at Safeco Corporate Headquarters with their executive team, whatever, and you know, people are still kind of doing stuff. I mean, the president's sitting there and he's giving us ten minutes, and you know, and there's ten or fifteen of us in the room and we can ask questions, but nobody's locked in like they were locked in to you. Mm-hmm. And I and I've heard that not just of that day, but of of everywhere you go. There's something about the presence of your message, not just the message itself, but the presence of you, your heart, your, the way in which you deliver, you talk about motivation and inspiration, um, you know, to inspire people, um, is what a gift that you've been given. And, and that I, I, I'm a big believer that anybody that's listening should, if they need somebody, want somebody to come talk, inspire, motivate their people, not just in schools, but I believe in at cool. the corporate level, yeah. all the way to the C-suite, um, they should they should absolutely uh, get at you. What give a flyby of that though? That the flyby. That, of that it's, it's just that yeah, the punchline and just just like because it yeah, this won't do justice. By the way, <laughs> but but I'd love to just give our give give our listeners just a little bit of of that. Well, okay, I'll give you a little bit. It starts this
2: way. Close your eyes. While your eyes are closed, think about all of your hopes, your dreams, your desires, everything that you enjoy doing, your sports, your music, your hobbies. And then a doctor steps into your world and tells you that in the next 15 years, you're going to lose your sight nothing that you can do to change or alter the course other than to accept it or to reject it. What are you going to do? You me now open your eyes. And then I walked them through the day that I found out as an 18 year old freshman that I was losing my sight and had to decide what it was that I was gonna do. And the presentation that, that John is talking about is the presentation that I titled Transforming the T in Can't, because as I started moving forward, every, every time I turn around, I get an idea of something I want to do, somebody go, you can't do that. I got real tired of hearing that word. You can't. He said that we're going to fall on your face and break your nose. And then a very good friend of mine, actually a, a pastor, he and I were counseling, he some counseling because of things that were going on. Oh. He goes, he says, Clark, how do you know that you're going to fall on your face if you never, and break your nose if you never, ever try? Hello. Oh. And it's so true. If you never, ever try, how do you know what you can or cannot do? Don't let people tell you what you cannot do until you've had the opportunity to try. And there's five major points out of the presentation. I can try. I can trust. I can be teachable. I can
1: thrive. And I lost the
2: last one.
1: You know the word can't. You know the word can't. You know what happens? You say the word can't yes. Yeah. You know what happens? You what? do push-ups. I, I got to show you the video. I'll show you the video. I'm trying to put it. I think I posted it on Instagram or something. But you, I don't even know if I did. You get three push-ups. And Tiger likes to do five. Five. If he says the word, you got push-ups. And he goes, one, two, three, four, five. Five push-ups. For saying that word in our house and and that's why I sat right up I sat right up when when that was the heart of your message because I really really believe that that is a message that is so transformative that it's so transformative and 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 then you also hit on this idea that I remember for me it was not sight and it wasn't nearly as life-changing, but it was when I knew my hair was going away. Okay. And uh and see you don't it's have gone. hair? Nope. It's gone. So and so pretty much. And and I remember I was about 20 delivering okay. pizzas for little Caesars for Ray up in Bellingham. Maybe I was 21. And I looked in the mirror. And I saw my hairline starting to fade off. And I go, dang it. I'm gonna go bald. I'm gonna go bald. And <laughs> and but there's that's a small one, right? right? There's 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 loss of life, there's loss of sight, there's loss of relationship, there's yep. loss of hopes, there's loss of dreams, there's loss that. George Strait writes a song. It might even have been an album called always, never the same, always, never the same. And. What a very powerful way to start in any circumstance to talk, because the constant is change, right? Mm-hmm. I talk about the D's a lot of people, you know, the D's that, what are you going to do in the D's to death, to disease, divorce, disappointment, mm-hmm. difficulties. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do in the Ds? That is the hallmark mm-hmm. of the trajectory. And what you just described, um, you know, I, and I'm a Forrest Gump connoisseur. You did I did my ninth grade project, I think, on or maybe it was seventh. I think it was ninth in middle school on Forrest Gump, Okay, the movie. Yeah, I said, I'm going to do it on Forrest Gump. But I love the part, I love the scene in there, the, the kind of the process that Dan, you know, goes through when he loses legs, right? And he's like, that was my destiny. I was supposed to die out there. And, and you know, everybody I was supposed to die and you wouldn't let me die, and, you know? And, and, he, and, he, and then he, he shows up at, at, the, uh, at the wedding, right? With legs and and prosthetic legs and he invests their Bubba Gump money in in the fruit company apples and he says we don't have to worry about money no more for us and he goes oh that's good one less thing and all these little lessons but man the thing that I think about in there that you're talking about is when that critical moment comes where you got that call you know where it's like it's always never the same after that, I mean, you walk into that doctor appointment, yep, in one state of mind, in yep. one state of being, and and it was always never the same. Um, but your choices, yep, you yep. remained in control of. And "Man Search for Meaning," Viktor Frankl. You ever read that book or heard of it? Oh man, "Man Search for Meaning," Viktor Frankl. Nine days after he gets released from the Holocaust. He writes the book within two weeks of, of surviving the Holocaust. He writes the book, Man, Search for Meaning. And he talks about how those who survived on average, their capability to accept that they might never get out, their capability to accept that you can, you can take everything from me, but you can't ever take my ability to choose what I think about it and I mean I'm just mm. humbled when I'm with people who could go through those and you're one of those Clark, to go through those always never the same moments with and I'm sure it was not always that way yeah. and, and there's ups and downs oh, and, yeah and all arounds but if do you have any advice for people who are right now going through, a storm a season of all, something just man i thought it was always going to be this way and bam and you know you guys were just sort of a friend of ours he's going through some of those some of those realities yeah. right now dear friend family member to us um you know like what what advice do you give the the the, the advice that i would give them is
2: first of all not to go it alone You need to have a support system, whether it's someone that you trust or somebody that you will be vulnerable enough to allow to come alongside of you and to support you, to encourage you. And even at those points in times, might even have to give you a swift kick in the butt and and give you a little bit of physical uh, going and doing it. I had a great I had a great support system in in, mm-hmm. in family uh, but I mean not not everybody has that but it's it's finding that individual or maybe it's two one or two individuals that will be become that for you so the first thing I say is don't go it alone mm-hmm. if there's things that are happening in and through and around your life that you still want to do there's you feel that are still important, it might be the fact that you have to figure out how do I do them differently? Mm -hmm. And then coming, or maybe there are some things that you come to a point in time of going, that's not important anymore. Mm -hmm. But what I can still do, be the best you at doing that but it's 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 not giving up realizing yeah. that first and foremost you as an individual and an individual are valuable worthy loved capable you have talents and abilities find your potential and use them mm. but it's not throwing life away. In the very, Mm. very, very beginning of Mm. my sight loss, I thought that blind people, all that blind people got to do was exist. And if it had been the fact of only being able to exist, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you. I would have thrown my life away Mm. because I didn't want to exist. I wanted to have a full, filled, exciting, wonderful life. And I do. And it's because I decided to continue moving forward, trying and then in those moments of trying, I started getting confidence that I could do something. And then it's like, going, okay, if I can do this, what else can I do? And now wanting to turn around and share, share my life. Life is a gift. <coughs> Unwrap it, cherish it, and share it wherever you go, whatever you do, and whoever you are with. Life is is a gift. Yeah. Mm. It's awesome.
0: Okay, so if you hit the five D's you get the one D over the top. Decide.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's Decide in
0: your,
2: in your control. Yeah. That's you awesome. have you have you have the choice. You get to choose what it is that you're gonna do.
0: Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Okay, Clark, we always ask at the end of each podcast, we ask our guests one final question. That question is: If you have one thing you want to share with our audience, one thing you want to share, what would it be?
1: And before that, before that, So Maybe we don't. Maybe sorry. we
2: have two questions. Before that,
1: <laughs> before that, and I want to. We might even do it twice. Like I really want people to know how they can get at you.
0: That'll be after.
1: <laughs> ultimate vision <laughs> what's the website
2: what's the website the our website is ultimate
1: vision.org perfect ultimate vision.org because if they don't know then they don't know that's and right if they don't know they can't access i'm telling you what's the I best know you're way you're to are listening when you bring clark to where you're at it's gonna be awesome
0: and what's the best way to get in in contact with you? Someone wants to reach out. They have questions.
2: If they have they questions, want to, if
0: talk to you personally. What's the best can, way?
2: They can reach me via email, which is ultimatevision at live.com. I can be reached via phone, which is 425 891 9008. Yeah. Self-phone. I'll be there more than go. happy That's to nice. answer questions. I'll be more than happy to come speak for corporate leadership uh service clubs schools youth groups churches what it what you want me to do let's make it all happen From
1: the Sally out. hey it. anybody wants to get at me call clark <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's go okay uh,
0: um all right wait okay question <laughs> yeah one thing you want to share with our audience what would it be
2: The one thing that I wanna share with the audience is the fact that life is a gift. No matter what has or is going on in your life, life is a very precious gift. Don't throw it away. But as a gift, you first have to receive it. And as you receive it, you unwrap it. And then as you unwrap it, whatever is inside that box or inside what life is giving you, you have to cherish it. Mm. And once you cherish it, you then need to go share it because it doesn't have any valuable if you just hold on to it yourself. Share it wherever you go, whoever you're with and whatever you get to do, share your life. And life is this very, very, very precious gift that none of us, none of us knows how long we get to have in this life.
0: Awesome. Beautiful.
2: I love that. Um, you have a banquet coming up? Yes, we do on October 16th, 6 p.m. at the Hilton, Hilton Garden, Hilton Gardens in Issaquah. Uh, yeah, it's called seeing and sharing the heart of kindness.
0: Awesome. So if you're local, join John and I there at the banquet. Absolutely. All right. We're so happy you're here. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great week. Great
1: start to the fall.
0: Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the love the process podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. Thanks. Bye.